Hello beautiful people and welcome to the Holistic Awakening Podcast. I am Natalia O.L., your host, breath healer and holistic life coach for the modern awakened woman. In this podcast, we explore holistic awakening related topics. From feminine activation, cyclical wisdom, wellness, biohacking, alternative healing methods, to consciousness, magic, spirituality, personal development, and psychedelics. In this sacred space, you will find interviews with light leaders, juicy conversations, and live activations that will help you feel inspired and supported in your own holistic awakening journey. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Awakening Podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here, and I'm so excited for today's conversation. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I invite you to pause for a moment and tune into your body and into your breath. Notice where your breath is within your body, Is it up in the chest or down around the abdomen? Just notice what your breath is doing today. And now I invite you to center yourself by taking three deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. Allowing your body to fully relax and surrender to receiving today's transmission. In today's podcast episode, I have the pleasure to introduce our guest, Catherine Sullivan, a dear friend and teacher who is an inner voice facilitator, solo traveler, wanderer, dancer and dreamer who endeavors to live from the inside out, trusting her intuition above all. She feels most alive, immersed in new cultures, connected to mother nature and contemplating spirituality. Today, Catherine is stepping into the ancient role of death doula. She truly believes accepting and preparing for our final breath adds incredible delight and gratitude to our every day before. She's committed to pursuing her truth in order to reach her deathbed without regrets. Catherine hopes to inspire others to do the same along the way. And I cannot wait for you to listen to my conversation with Catherine, where we dive into all topics related to inner voice, intuition, living a life led from the heart instead of from the mind. And of course, we talk about death and the beautiful role of the death doula. We also talk about womb consciousness and about how these ancient roles of priestesses, death doulas, birth doulas are slowly coming back and are so needed. So, with all of that being said, I wish that you enjoy this episode, that it inspires you, and that it activates you, and it initiates you into this next phase of your life with the wisdom being shared. See you on the other side. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the Holistic Awakening Podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. How are you doing today, my love? (laughs) Oh, Natalia, it's so good to be here. I'm truly honored to be a guest on your beautiful offering of a podcast. I'm doing well. Yeah, I've been out to the beach twice already today, so that's a good day in my book. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so beautiful. The ocean so cleansing, so perfect for these times of eclipse and new moon that are currently taking place as we record this episode. Yeah, it's so 
grounding for me to spend that time in nature and just look out at the vast expanse of ocean and just watch the birds and the fish. And yeah, it's, it's truly a gift for, for me to, to center myself and remember that I'm just, I'm just a, a little speck on this beautiful planet. And not that my life is meaningless as a result, but that any problems that I'm working through in the grand scheme of things really just sort of wash away when I'm out there and I just am filled with gratitude. Mm, what a beautiful beginning of, of our episode, yeah. Bringing in Mother Earth, bringing in presence into this conversation. Thank you for that. Um, so yeah, Catherine, why don't we start today's conversation by perhaps you walking us through your own awakening journey and telling us a little bit about you and what you're doing in the world these days. Yeah, of course, it'd be my pleasure. All right, let's see. Well, I am about to celebrate the completion of my 37th year here on Earth next week. I'm excited about that. Um, and I... Well, currently I'm in Florida. Originally I'm from California. I've lived all over the US and I've lived in Asia. I was living in London. I've traveled a lot through Latin America. So just pretty nomadic. <laughs> um, and my awakening, I think if I were to pinpoint the start of it, it would be my father's death, which was almost 10 years ago, quite unexpected. And just as when anyone loses someone important to them, it's just sort of a shock to the system and really forces you to pause and reflect on what, what is life? Where did we come from? Where are we going? Is there any point to this? Even if there's not beyond this time that we have here as humans, how can I make the most of it? And it's not been a straight shot from there, not at all. It's been ups and downs since then, but that really kicked off my own exploration of spirituality. And, and I would say within that is my exploration of myself and the divinity within me, which I was not at all aware of <laughs> before this process. Um, and one moment that, I always come back to is when I saw my father's body after he had died. And at, at that instant, my thought was, oh, that's, that's not my dad. And it became crystal clear to me that there is a soul that is eternal, that comes to our body for a period of time and then moves onward. So that has brought me a lot of comfort over the years and something that I continue to think about a lot. Um, not to jump ahead, although I will, um, I'm currently training to become a death doula, which many people aren't familiar with that term, although it is gaining in popularity. And to me, it's an opportunity to provide that comfort that I've since achieved in myself in the face of death. And that that's for people like you and me, healthy and young, and also for people who are at the end of their life, just bringing them comfort, bringing them peace and empowering them, supporting them and their loved ones. Um, gosh, in between, in between my dad's death and the present day, I've um, been on quite a journey. Um, I ended up a few years ago leaving, for the most part, leaving my corporate job. I was living in San Francisco and had from the outside a, a pretty great life. Everything was pretty much lining up according to the traditional societal definitions of success, but there was something deeply missing for me in that life. Um, so I ended up packing a backpack, selling my belongings, moving out of my apartment and traveling uh, on my own for the most part for a year. And that was really a transition time for me, just being exposed to life outside of um, America, outside of the America that I've been raised in and where I thought I would spend my life. Um, and it's 
taken me to here and, and I'm, yeah, so grateful for that and for the freedom that it's given me in all aspects of my life. Um, so I'll stop there for now. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for sharing. That sounds really powerful. So both of those experiences that you've mentioned, the first one with your dad's death and sort of awakening to the idea that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And then um, for you to follow your own soul's um, path and following this traveling um, nomadic lifestyle. So, wow, I feel like those topics are both really interesting. Um, so, yeah, let's explore. Let's explore first the topic of death and the topic of the soul, because I know that as well, you are an inner voice facilitator and we mm. can probably get into this as well. And we've done some sessions together. I'm very familiar with inner voice work as well, but I would love to hear your thoughts on soul, inner voice and death. Mm. Juicy topics. I love it. Yeah. So my, my thoughts on the soul, um, there was a book that I would recommend to anyone who hasn't read it yet called journey of souls. Have you read it, Natalia? Are you familiar with it? Um, I think I've heard of it, but I don't think I've read it. I, okay. I have, I have read, um, your soul's path. Okay. I haven't read that one. That sounds good. Make him know but <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, as soon as I read that book, it just, everything clicked for me that we are these eternal souls constantly evolving and growing, choosing to come here to incarnate as humans um, repeatedly each time um, with specific lessons that our soul wants to learn. But as soon as we cross through that birth canal, we forget about that. <laughs> mm. um, and but it just, you know, in my lifetime, will we be able to prove that? Perhaps not, but I don't, I don't need that proof. It's just faith that guides me, that, that helps me um, and provides a, a really important perspective for me as I, as I live my day-to-day -day life. And as I think about loved ones who've left or as I face challenges in my life, I, I tend to, to look at them through the lens of what is this teaching me? What is this opportunity? why the heck did my soul lead me to this place? Um, so that's, that's what I think of the soul and the inner voice work that you have um, worked with me on has been life-changing for me. And the inner voice is um, the specific type of facilitation that I do was developed by Jess Lively, who has her own podcast um, and, and several online courses. And she's been working with the intuition for over a decade um, and developed a really beautiful, easy, quick way to access the intuition, which to me is uh, almost synonymous with the soul. It's the part of us that is ancient, that is incredibly wise, not just from this lifetime, but from many lifetimes from the spirit world. It, and it's constantly always within us and accessible, but we are taught to live from our minds um, today. And that rational thought, that proven scientific um, findings are far above anything that we know innately, which is such a shame because our bodies hold so many truths that perhaps science hasn't caught up to yet. Um, but that's okay. Although I have a, a degree in biomedical engineering, I have an MBA. I lived in that masculine, rational side of life for a long time. I'm also perfectly comfortable now accepting what perhaps there hasn't been a paper published about in nature. Although there's, there's a lot of fascinating research going on now. But um, back to the inner voice, which is synonymous, I would say, to intuition. Um, some people might refer to it as their heart, their spirit, their inner essence, inner being, 
higher self and tapping into that on a daily basis, um, using that to lead my decisions through life has uh, been really incredible. And I'm so happy to be able to offer that to my clients as well, to help guide them um, to access their own inner voice. Mm. Oh, that's super beautiful. And I think it's an, an amazing way to live life, right? So to have your mind and all of the logical ways of thinking in place, then to open to this more feminine, I would say, way of perceiving consciousness, perceiving life from a place of faith, from a place of trusting that we are being guided. And I know that a lot of people, you know, have different beliefs and different religions, different gods. Um, but my point of reference is to believe that there is just something greater, mm. like a greater intelligence, uh, whether you want to call it the universe or God, or you want to uh, connect with it through your own religion that you feel comfortable with. It, this, this is just a knowing that feels true for me, that there's just something greater that's happening and I'm a part of it, right? Like you were saying in the beginning of our conversation when you were at the beach and you, you were just looking mm. at nature. Uh, one thing that's coming to mind as we talk is, well, we know that this soul is eternal, right? And the soul is coming into the world and learning the lessons that it's here to learn and having an amazing time. And it seems like birth and death are these very powerful uh, moments for the soul uh, of transition from one life to the next life or you know, from the spirit world into the physical form. And it's so interesting that we're talking about this because I'm currently reading a book called Womb Awakening. Mm. And it's, it's all about the old womb consciousness and all about how uh, women, female priestesses in the ancient traditions were sort of the gatekeepers of these two portals, um, mm. the portal of coming into the world right through the womb of the mother, helped by all the midwives, all the women singing, the priestess, and then when you we're ready to go and you uh, were dying or you have died, you know, womb priestesses and different priestesses from all different religions like the Egyptian, Egyptians, the Greek, um, they had like rituals that were very feminine and honoring this sort of portal that was considered a womb portal as well because you, it's like you're coming back to the womb of the cosmos to then oh. be birthed back again through the womb of the earth. This is, so it's like this beautiful uh, feminine um, path of coming from the womb of the earth into the physical realm and then going back through the womb of the cosmos into the spirit realm and then, you know, just doing it all over again. And uh, I find it so interesting that your, your path has taken you from a corporate, more masculine-led job or career into now helping people with their inner voices so ef effectively connect with their intuition while they're in this physical life and now you're preparing yourself to be a death doula so you're gonna almost gonna take that role of um, the death priestess like Isis or you know Ishtar all of these goddesses that were uh, helping souls pass to the other side so I would love to hear more about, about what is the process of um, that a death doula takes you through? Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. I'm going to have to read that book. That sounds really fascinating. I Part of my favorite part of um, learning about the role of a death doula is the rituals and the ceremonies and just it's just such sacred work. Um, so was your question, what, what does a death doula do? Yeah, so it's um, it's the death doula working with the person while the person is about to pass, or can you also work with people that perhaps have passed suddenly? 
um, because obviously mm-hmm. your dad passed away um, suddenly, right? But those souls still need support transitioning to the other side. So I'm, I guess I'm just wondering, what's the whole thing about? Tell us a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a really great question. Um, the role of the death doula today, there's not, there's not a certification process. There's not there aren't strict guidelines about what we can and cannot do, which I think is a benefit for the most part because um, everyone's going to practice a little bit differently. Uh, it's not regulated. Um, that being said, it's not a medical role at all. So besides anything medical, diagnosing, um, prescribing, administering medications, it can really take on any sort of role. Um, and people have tend to specialize um, whether it's children, whether it's um, suicides or whether it's cancer patients. Um, and then within that, it's, are you primarily sitting vigil at the bedside with the person or are you perhaps helping the family wrap up the affairs after the death? So it's incredibly broad. Um, and I think one thing that I'm drawn to is helping people with their end of life planning to think about all these decisions that need to be made before you're facing death. Um, because I think then you're much, it's much easier to access your intuition rather than being guided by fear as, as you make simple decisions where, you know, if I'm lucky enough to have the opportunity, where do I want to die? Who do I want to be surrounded by? What to me constitutes a life worth living? Um, of course, there's the question of what to do with my belongings, what to do with my estate after I die. Um, but I think I'm definitely drawn to spending time with people in their final days as well. Um, and it's something I, I can't explain where it came from. I'm lucky to have had close relationships with my grandmothers on both sides. Um, so I, I guess I I had a, an inclination to hang out with older people. Um, but ever since I was a teenager, I, I started volunteering at a nursing home, which just completely of my own accord. It wasn't a, an established program or anything. I just loved being around older people and all their experiences. Um, and one thing that came naturally to me was guiding um, these elders through a life review, which is something that death doulas often do as well. Uh, um, hospice volunteers are trained in that too, which is really helping people to process their life, to go through their memories and um, think about the impact that they've had. Remember the good times, um, forgive the bad times. And um, so that's something I'm looking forward to, to doing as well. And yeah, I'm, I, it, it's clear to me that this is the right path, but I'm just letting it unfold, just taking one step at a time. I'm, I'm still in my three month training program, but it just feels like, like coming home, like a, like a remembering for me. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It, it sounds really sacred to me and I, can't stop hearing in my head the world priestess and the sort of role of these women in you know bringing forward old ancient ways and helping people incorporate these ways into the modern world and I'm so happy we're talking about this on the podcast because I don't think many people talk about this I think out there we have so much work like help so many so many resources for you know how to how to become <laughs> a professional you know how to look after your health um so many different areas of life have have so much help but mm. the spiritual side of the self it's still very unfamiliar or unknown for many people. And I think the the spiritual self is one of the most important parts of the self. Because as you said, when we leave our body in the end of our lives, you know, 
all of the material things we've created, they, they remain here, but we as souls move on. And all of the work that we haven't done in this life, all of the things that we haven't reflected on, all of the wounds that we haven't healed, that we haven't looked uh, or accepted within us, it's almost like a waste of time. Like we're gonna go into the next life and carry those wounds with us and mm -hmm. have a very similar experience. Whereas if you do your soul work while you're here and you process everything and you you pass on in a peaceful way, then I can only imagine a greater life with greater lessons coming yeah. for, for the next life, right? And yeah. I think when, when I hear people saying like, oh, I'm not interested in spirituality or, you know, this is not my, my thing. I always try to be open-minded and be like, okay, well, maybe, you know, this is not the path for everyone. And, you know, souls come here to do many different things. And maybe some people just come here to have other uh, lifestyles and um, yeah, do different activities. But there's a still a part of me that believes actually you're not spiritual or you don't believe in a spirituality because it's taken it's been taken away from us in the way that we've built society. Because if you look at all the ancient traditions, spirituality was just a part of life. It was not mm. a big deal, right? Like it, it was just people gather, you know, they, they were singing, they were in devotion, they were praying. There were always like celebrations and spirituality was not this big deal. It was not something political. It was not something religious. It was just communion yeah. with life and that is why I'm such a big advocate for plant medicine mm. because I think you know in this um in these um, traditions where plant medicine is used they create spaces and ceremonial rituals to allow people to experience uh, and a spiritual experience through their vessels through their life so that they can understand what divinity means what their soul means and it's something that you learn through experience rather than you know in this modern mm -hmm. life where you just learn about religion at school and then you're forced to go to church if you're in a catholic country and then mm -hmm. when you are become a teenager you know suddenly all of the things you're interested in like your period and <laughs> having sex and all of these things become a negative trait in the eyes of the church so you then are are forced to separate yourself from spirituality because it just hasn't hasn't been given to you in the most expansive way possible. So I think a lot of people tend to um, walk away from spirituality from a place of you know fear and rejection uh, because it hasn't been given to them, you know, in in a more like expanded, loving, truthful way. Mm. Um, so so to me, all of these small, simple things like connecting with your inner voice, you know, getting to know yourself. Um, and preparing for death are so important like i think these teachings perhaps now are still small or not known or they don't have a, a regulated um academy you know to to become a priestess or to become um a death doula or like a birth doula all of these things are not regulated as they should but i have this intuition that as we bring it forward, maybe in like 50 years or 100 years, this will become once again, the main um, part of the womb consciousness or like feminine consciousness where, you know, women can connect with their divinity from a young age and, you know, they can choose consciously to be in devotion to, to the universe, to God, to whatever. To spirit and then they can probably get training like priestesses schools and inner voice schools you know all mm -hmm. of these cool teachings that uh, need to be passed on yeah wow there's so many different things i want to <laughs> respond to and <laughs> that beautiful transmission um first i have to tell you a funny story which is um i used to date a lot on Tinder, especially back when I was living in um, San Francisco. And I was, I was pretty open to anyone, you know, I'm very open-minded, interested, and I know there's things I can learn and benefit from whoever I meet. But the one um, 
The one thing that would always make me swipe left on a profile is if they said that they were atheist. And apologies to any atheists out there, they're probably not listening to your podcast, but just how can you be in this world and and like it's just filled with so many marvels and um you know we're humans what like we can eat ice cream i mean <laughs> that's a miracle how can you not believe that there's at least something out there um yeah so uh, <laughs> i love the ice cream um, part <laughs> yeah. um so i was also going to say i know a lot of traditional cultures, um, including, I'm reading a book about um, ancient, the ancient Celtic culture, they viewed the universe, or at least the earth, um, as three parts. One part was the land, one part was the tribe, the people, and then the other part was spirit. And it's just, it was as simple as that. There there wasn't constant questioning about it. um, And there wasn't, like you said, forced uh, patriarchal religion or anything like that. It was very feminine, in fact. And that's what we've lost over the last millennium or how, however long. Um, but yeah, I would love to see a world where we return to that, where we recognize the spirit in, in everything, including our human bodies, including the land where we live. Mm. Yeah, and I also think, you know, when when people reject spirituality, they don't realize that they are cutting themselves from the magic and the possibilities of the universe. And, and again, this is not to shame anyone who perhaps doesn't consider him or herself as a spiritual person, but it's more of um, like an invitation to change your perspective so like you were saying right like we can have different experiences and we can just think oh okay well this is just how things are or we can believe that a path is being shown to us that is perhaps greater than we, what we could have possibly imagined and mm-hmm. we can um sort of increase our life force and uh, feel happier and more aligned with everything that's happening in our lives if we look at things from this perspective and obviously I'm not saying you know spiritually bypass and start looking at everything in your life as like a sign oh my mm. gosh the water just fell on the floor that's a sign <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> yeah. like obviously don't take things to extremes um, but I guess that's when um, you have probably had a lot of experiences with the inner voice where your human self couldn't really understand what was happening but then your inner voice is like super chilled about it and Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's like yeah yeah, everything's under control Um, can can you tell us a bit more about some of the experiences you've had with your own inner voice and with other people's inner voices and and also if it's not too much to ask like give us some tips on how to connect with our inner voices yeah, of course. Um, one thing I shared recently on Instagram was about a common question or concern that people have when it comes to hearing from their inner voice. Um, they're worried that their inner voice is going to be mad at them, that they've been living their life in the completely wrong way, that uh, they've just been making mistakes and not living according to their truth. And you know, perhaps that's correct. I certainly had been doing that for many years myself, but the, the inner voice first and foremost is love. It's just pure love, which I believe underlies all of the universe. And it's just magical to be able to hear from that love because the inner voice is incapable of feeling anger or betrayal or, uh, disgust um, with anything that you've done. And most of the time, um, for both for me and for my clients, my mind has a much bigger problem and is telling me much worse things over and over and over again than the inner voice ever would. So um, for instance, for 
for any big life transition, like say you're in a relationship and your mind is not happy with it. Uh, your mind is wondering if it's time maybe to leave or to make a big change. Chances are the inner voice is going to tell you, no, you're in the perfectly right spot. This is the perfect partner for you. You know, here are some ways perhaps you can improve things even more, but the inner voice will very clearly articulate the benefit to you of remaining exactly where you are, whether it's a living situation, a job, a relationship. That said, when it is time to go, the inner voice will let you know, but it's always in a gentle way. It's always, um, the steps are always small and achievable. It's, it's not like, okay, by tomorrow you need to have a completely different life. You need to drop everything and do this other thing instead. Um, that's not at all how the inner voice would guide you. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it's, it's really a beautiful resource that we all have to, to tap into. Mm, yeah, that's super helpful to hear. And what comes to mind is this relationship between the mind and the inner voice, where <laughs> the mind is creating problems perhaps. And then the inner voice is like, no, 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 there are no problems. You just stay where you are, shift your perspective, you know, stay on track. And then the opposite where maybe your inner voice is telling you it's time to create that change. But then the mind comes up with all these excuses not to move forward because it's afraid of expansion. So can you mm. talk just a little bit about, you know, this difference between the mind and the inner voice and the different, um, um, I guess, goals that they have or like the roles that they play in their in your life so people can begin to connect with these two different voices within themselves. I definitely am very aware of my inner voice and my mind and my mind can be a great ally most of the time but then sometimes it can really bring um, this energy of like worst case scenario and then it's, it gets really compulsive and when I know that that's happening I'm like okay this is my mind my energy is not right or something I'm doing something that's not right like I'm not giving myself enough space or something and my mind is it's going into manic mode <laughs> worst mm -hmm. case scenario type of thoughts like not pleasant so can you speak to that yeah great question one thing that really helps me when I think about the mind because like I said we've been all raised in this culture that really worships the mind the brain rationality and then I forget where I first heard this, but the mind is just another organ. The mind, the brain, think of it like your heart, your liver, your kidney. It is pre-programmed to help you survive. Yes, but it's no more special than, you know, your, your kidney, your, your liver, your heart. Um, it's so its job is to keep you safe. Like you were saying, its job is to constantly be surveying the environment. What could potentially go wrong? How can I protect myself? And a lot of times that looks like staying small or staying with, um, not necessarily in a comfort zone because often where we are is not necessarily comfortable. The only reason it's comfortable is because it's familiar <clears throat> and, and, yeah, so often the mind will come up with excuses of why, why you shouldn't take the steps perhaps that your inner voice may lead you to. Um, I think of the mind as being an excellent resource if you're living in a cave and surrounded by tigers. <laughs> but most of us aren't facing that type of danger on a daily basis, but the mind doesn't know that. <laughs> so the mind will interpret little things like, oh my gosh, what if I share the wrong thing on Instagram and people get mad at me? The mind interprets that as I'm going to be kicked out of the tribe. I'm, not, I'm going to starve to death and then I'm going to be eaten by tigers. Um, so just remembering that your mind also loves you in a different way. It's trying to protect you. We can't survive without the mind, that's for sure. But it's not the only guidance system that we should turn to. And that's where the inner voice steps in the inner voice. I, I view it as beyond 
the mind beyond the body even you can't pinpoint where it is people can sense it in different places within their body or even within their greater aura um so to me it's different and um it's like i shared it's deeper it's this infinite well of wisdom and peace that can um i i'm getting this image of like patting a little dog on the head like it's okay they're their mind you're allowed to be worried but there's really nothing to to worry about mm. oh thanks for sharing that yes i love your response and i loved what you said about inner voices um being love like the frequency of love because i think that that's what the universe is made out of <laughs> like everything is love and you know all the greater religions greater masters they always say you know it's all love like be love and mm. it, it's such a challenge for the mind to then be confronted with all of these feelings of scarcity fear where you get uh, separated from that sense of love and abundance and then uh, you perceive discomfort uh, you know pain mm. and I think this is just a beautiful thing about this universe right this universe it's a dual reality and we need to experience all of the quote-unquote negative emotions um, fear stress pain loneliness sadness so that we can learn the frequency of these emotions and then alchemize them and always sort of come back to the truth and uh, the safety of the fact that we are love and another thing that comes to mind when I think about the inner voice and when I've had conversations with my inner voice uh, with you and on my own it's this sense that we are safe like we are safe we are so safe mm. we are so so safe and the, the reason why I really believe this is true and whenever I'm feeling unsafe or I'm feeling um, stressed out and there's not actually like a, any danger happening around me, like I don't have, you know, an actual problem. Um, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm experiencing separation from source I'm experiencing separation from that safety that the world like provides for us. And the reason why I really believe in this is because whoever created us, you know, whether it was the universe or God or the big pan, <laughs> mm. whatever made us come here. Um, this is like, this reality is just, um, I feel like it's created from this benevolent intelligence. Like, mm. even if it was a, if this was like a computer simulation, like Elon Musk says it could be, <laughs> which I think it could totally be, <laughs> could totally be a computer sim simulation. Why would you put yourself in a simulation if you didn't know that you were going to be completely safe, right? Like, if you mm. think about it in um, in real in real time, uh, I've I'm in Orlando and I've been going to all of the theme parks, and there are a lot of like scary rides and scary um, uh, shows where you are wearing 3D glasses and it's all very like real and vivid and you know I'm going into the Star Wars ride where you know I'm flying a ship and I'm crashing and you know for, for a real person if I were in a real event where I was like flying a ship and crashing against the wall that'll be really scary but I'm doing it from this uh, re uh, simulated reality where I'm completely safe in my seat and yeah. yet I'm putting these glasses and perceiving these star wars <laughs> and then i'm like living the experience right but like i'm and i'm feeling all the emotions of the experience oh my god i'm gonna crash the ship i've got aliens attacking me like all of these different experiences but i am safe in my seat inside a theme park and i'm just experiencing that and i chose to come here i chose to sit there and experience the ride <laughs> i love that natalia <laughs> I love that analogy. Another one I come back to is um, like, what if this is all a dream? And I, when I was a kid, I used to think, what if I'm still a baby and I'm just having this really long dream? And 
maybe we are. You can look at it like that too. And you're always safe in a dream. I mean, you're tucked into bed. There may be scary parts. You may feel emotions. You may even wake up crying sometimes, but you're still safe. You know, you're still, you look around, you've got your blanket, your pillow, and everything's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And absolutely the inner voice is all, always reassures us that we are safe. And another thing you touched on was that we live in an abundant world. And that again, is something the mind easily gets caught up on worrying about scarcity, not having enough money or not having enough resources, whatever they may be. And the inner voice with, without exception, it's like, you're going to be fine. Even if you don't have a job, you're fine. You're going to be provided. Everything you need is always going to be there for you. Um, and that's been a huge comfort for me and for my clients too. And, and it's changed how I've lived my life. You know, I, I don't need to have a monthly paycheck coming in, um, that I can, you know, completely depend upon. I, I trust that what I need is going to come through in one way or another. Yeah, that's, um, so true. And it's just a matter of rewiring our nervous system and our mind and our environment to begin tuning into this frequency of love and abundance. And I am all for that. And, you know, I help my clients with this and I'm sure you do too. And another thing that it's coming through in terms of the inner voices, you mentioned that a lot of people are afraid to meet their inner voices because they fear this punishing voice that it's going to tell them, okay, you didn't do it right. You're basically an embarrassment. <laughs> You're getting it all wrong. And this is so funny because I think when I've given a spiritual readings to people where I'm connecting with their energy, I'm, I'm reading their energy, I'm using my psychic abilities to, to give them information that is going to help them. And I'm also connecting with spirit. So I'm perhaps connecting with different ancestors, spiritual guides and delivering messages. Some people that are um, not familiar with this type of work, they sometimes feel really afraid, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to connect with my guides and I'm going to uh, get a reading and then it's going to tell me something really bad about the future or it's going to tell mm -hmm. me, you know, that I'm bad. And I think this really traces back to, I guess, the, the witch hands where mm -hmm. we, you know, we're very connected with magic, very connected to the spirit world, to the healing and, and power of connecting with the land and, and you know, connecting with medicines. And, and I guess in many ways, the patriarchy view these as something scary or something mm, evil. And then it, an imprint's been created in our minds for many, many generations that, you know, these things are bad, like we are in, and this, I guess it takes us back to the church as well, like we are bad by nature, right? Like the mm -hmm. humans commit sins and, you know, if they don't purify themselves, they're going to go to hell <laughs> and all of these uh, madness. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I think this is really an opportunity for both of us to also uh, remind our listeners that you know the inner voice is the truth and she is in pure love and acceptance of all parts of us of all parts of your being and same with your spirit guides and the the connection that you're having with your ancestors like they absolutely love you and the truth is that all parts of you are fine like the soul wouldn't have come here and be like, oh, well, I'm just going to love 50% of myself. No, <laughs> the, the soul like loves all of it. Like you said, like the, the soul doesn't care if we're experiencing anger or if we're doing something that we judge with our minds as like dirty or sinful. The soul came here to experience it all. And she or he, the soul doesn't judge any experiences. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Um, I want to get back to that, but 
I also want to touch on the witch hunts. I I don't think that the patriarchy or the leaders of the church were scared of witches or thought they were evil. It was rather they knew that they were onto something. They knew that they were more powerful being connected to their own divinity, being connected to source. It was something that was out of control of the church. And that's why they persecuted them, uh, which is terrible shame. Um, yeah, so it, the, was, it was also like they, they wanted to take their power away. And mm. then the stories of witches are evil, magic, and all of these practices are evil. That was like the story to program people to never open that door again, never again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and coming back to death work, I think it's a really, really beautiful part of it is being at the bedside of dying people and witnessing them slowly transition to the next world or as their soul leaves the body, they, I, I would say their energy is distributed less and less in the physical being more and more into the soul as they're getting ready for that departure. And I haven't personally experienced any of this yet, um, but people have just such beautiful last few moments when maybe they cross over and come back for a minute just to say, wow, or there is nothing to be afraid of, or this is so beautiful. And, and that's just further evidence for me that there's something beyond. And, and even when we think about being safe, what's the very worst thing that could happen? We die. But when you think about death as not the end, but rather stepping over the threshold, going back to the cosmos, back to the spirit world, or who, who knows what's awaiting our souls on the other side, mm. then even death is not something to, to fear. You're still safe in death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And it's bringing me back to some of my ayahuasca um, ceremonies where I have experienced something that they call ego death. Mm. And it's when you are purging this fear of death and you're in the middle of the ceremony, fully feeling the fear in its biggest intensity. And you feel, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, if I like let go, I'm gonna die. And then you purge. <laughs> and I know this is, you know, it's a bit disgusting, but this is what happens when you work with ayahuasca. She makes you vomit. And mm. it's part of the cleansing, both spiritually and physically. And then uh, for me, I, I just remember just not being able to even control it. Like I really wanted to resist it and not give in, but you can't, you can't uh, resist the medicine. She'll, you know, give you what you need. So I, was feeling like I'm going, I was going to die. And then I perched and I had like a really good perch because it feels really good to vomit when you're in ceremony. And then it was like, after I did that, I just felt as if I had mm, crossed a portal. So I did feel like I had died, but I felt mm. amazing. I just felt like, oh, I just died. Like I'm, and I'm fine. <laughs> and obviously you're really high. So your vision is altered and you're seeing patterns and you, you really feel like you're in a different dimension. But I think this is so important for all humans to prepare for the real event when you actually die, right? So one of my commitments is to continue to work with these medicines as they come to me and to continue to prepare myself to to die for real <laughs> um, mm. but I just think when we allow people to prepare it's like we're giving them more permission to also live more fully in the present mm. moment yeah. um, so I think that's super important in terms of preparation for death and to feel like you have lived a life where you were present and you were happy and like really awake and this is why this podcast is called the awakening the holistic awakening right because it's to actually awaken to stop being asleep within this life that you're living pay attention stay present you know and tune into that part of you that it's here and now mm. 
Yeah, that's so beautiful. There's um, a Sufi practice, the mystical branch of Islam, which is to die before you die. And I think that's exactly what you experienced in the ayahuasca ceremony, just practice dying so that you know there's nothing to fear. Um, and I think, don't quote me on this, but I think in their practice, dying is um, you rid yourself of your possessions and uh, just live a minimal life, I think. And um, I'm going to have to research that more, but I do really like that quote. <laughs> to die before you die, just to have that, that practice of letting go, because so many of us are so reluctant to let go. And you're absolutely right that it prevents us from living fully in the moment. Mm. And that's ultimately my aim uh, with my work is to help people live lives that are authentic to them. And that's both through listening to their inner voice and acknowledging their mortality because I strongly believe in, in all the spiritual, um, all the spirituality that we've discussed, but I, I don't know that for sure, but I do know that we have this life here and recognizing that it's not going to go on forever to me brings a lot more gratitude in the small moments. It allows me to be more present, to enjoy all the sensory magnificence around me, whether it's smelling a candle or eating that ice cream or looking out at the beach, at the water, all those little moments are so precious to me because I know that they're not going to be here forever. I'm not going to be here forever. And I don't think of that as a sad thing. I think of that as a very positive way to live my life. Mm, yeah, that sounds really beautiful. And I'm sure that many of our listeners are going to benefit from yeah inquiring about these within themselves I think this is a very sacred and special topic and yeah I can just bring us back down into the moment into the present and become more grateful and aware of what's happening now and yeah live our lives from a conscious space yeah yeah definitely well Catherine thank you so much for today's conversation um I would love for you to let our listeners know how they can find you how they can connect with you for any of the beautiful different things you're doing so with your solo traveling a company as well as inner voice facilitation and uh, your now new role as a death doula I'm sure um, they might want to reach out to you and how, how can they find you yeah the best place to find me is on Instagram you can find me at Catherine two underscore Sullivan um, I'm working on a new website and that will be at katherinesullivan.co. You can go there today and you'll find my solo travel website, which if you're interested in that is also very interest, interesting to pursue. Um, so yeah, that's where to find me. I love talking about all the topics we've covered today. So I'd love to hear from you. All right. So I will add all of the links to the show notes so that people can connect with you. And yeah, I just want to take a moment to say thank you for joining today's conversation, Catherine, and for bringing all of your different uh, perspectives and different um, stories and yeah, for bringing all of you here and allowing for this conversation to unfold. I have personally felt very nourished by our conversation. So yeah, I just wanted to share that gratitude with you. Oh, thank you, Natalia. Likewise, I love being in your energy and hearing your wisdom and everything you've been reading and practicing. So thank you so much for having me. All right, Catherine, see you soon. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Holistic Awakening Podcast. I hope that during this transmission you have felt so inspired and held in the topics of death, the mystery of life and connecting with your inner voice and your inner wisdom to continue moving forward in life. So once again, thank you for being here, for sharing this space with us. I am sending you so much love and so much gratitude for being a part of this community. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to share it with your friends and family and anyone who you think might benefit from this content. And of course, go ahead and share this episode on your Instagram story and tag me at breathchica. Let me know how you're doing, how this transmission is landing for you and what things are coming up for you as you listen to this conversation today with Catherine. Also, before we wrap up today's episode, I am going to ask you to leave me a five-star review if you feel called to so that we can get this podcast spreading out to more followers, more listeners, more people who need support with their own awakening journeys. Okay, so all of that being said, sending you a big hug and I will see you on our next episode.